Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Just like the disciples this morning, we read they were coming and they were arguing about who was the greatest. And just like them, we may spend a lot of time thinking about our own greatness how and how we can become great, how we can have just a little bit more. And sometimes we find very creative solutions and ways to achieve a little bit more, find a little bit greater success or reach that height, that pinnacle that we are Uh, aiming for. There was a story that I came across several years ago about three friends uh, who had purchased a lottery ticket together. We don't condone gambling here, but nonetheless, they won a grand prize total of a hundred million dollars and they were pretty excited. And uh, one of the guys, uh, after a few days, he said, you know, like, we, um, they had collected the money. They decided to take the, the large-scale cash payout. And the guy said, you know, maybe this was a blessing and maybe we should give some of this money to God. And, uh, and he said, maybe what we should do is we should throw up all the money and whatever lands inside of this circle, um, God keeps and whatever lands outside of the circle, we keep. So one of his friends that was there, the second friend said, you know, spent a little bit of time realizing it was a bit of a windy day. He looked around and said, maybe what we should do is we should throw up the money and whatever lands inside the circle is God's. And whatever lands outside is ours, knowing that the wind would blow the cash And then the third friend, after a couple minutes, he says, you know, God is all powerful. I think what we should do is throw up the money and whatever God wants to keep, he'll keep. And whatever comes down, we get to keep. And uh, nonetheless, this is the creative solutions that we oftentimes, maybe not exactly like this, but we oftentimes find ourselves coming up with new ideas, creative ways that we can accomplish what it is that we want and that we can have greater level of temporal success in this world. There was a man that lived many years ago by the name of St. John Chrysostom. Hopefully you've heard of him. St. John Chrysostom wrote a book called On Wealth and Poverty. And he described in this book on wealth and poverty how it's not the one who has a lot that is poor, or is wealthy rather, Uh, and it's not the one who has little that's poor. That true wealth and poverty is the one who is the wealthy one, is the one who is satisfied with what they have, and the poor one is the one who's constantly chasing for more, irrespective of what it is that they actually hold in their possession. The truth is, no matter how much or how little we have, we may find ourselves dissatisfied with life and wanting more, whether it's going to be who's the prettiest, the most successful, the smartest, the best dressed, the most liked, 
There is a longing that most people have to stand above others. This desire is a desire to be seen. It's a desire for greatness. Now, this last Thursday, I was taking an Uber to go visit my aunt, and along the way, saw some, one of the most unusual scenes. I pray to God, none of you ever do this, but this car was driving, this mom and her, presumably her sister was driving, and in the back seat were their daughters, I would, presuming based on the age, and at one point, the two girls popped out of the window, we're driving down the road, and these girls, windows rolled down, start like air belly dancing in the middle of the road, and we're talking about not for like 10 seconds, we're talking about like a good three or four minutes, and I'm like looking, and the Uber driver's looking, and we're so confused. And he said, oh, they just, they have not been raised properly. And where I might agree with him, I think what was there is a desire to be seen, a desire to be noticed. And what struck me maybe a little bit more than that, more unusual than that, was the mom and I'm guessing the aunt sitting up front. And they're like sitting there zahrating or ululating for them and clapping along the road. And I'm like, it's not just the girls that want to be seen. It's the moms that want to be seen. And perhaps that's something that maybe the moms gave to their daughters as well. Sometimes, y'all, we just want to do whatever we can do to be seen, to be noticed, to be observed, to be great in the eyes of others. As the disciples walked about with Christ, they talked about different things, right? They asked him different questions. And at one point, they came to Jesus and they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, the parallel passage, interestingly, in Mark 9 and in Luke 9, tells us that there was an argument that arose amongst them or a dispute that arose amongst them. St. Matthew was being very gentle and kind in the way that he presented it. They, there was a discussion, but no, Mark and Luke tells us that they had an argument, a debate about who was going to be the greatest amongst them. In our quest for greatness, we may be consumed with comparing ourselves to others, with competition and a desire to be recognized as the best. Now, this mindset can lead to division and certainly it leads to neglect for our spiritual growth. I want you to think about when your mind is consumed with accumulating wealth, or the next job promotion, or your mind is consumed with your being number one in your class, or being the greatest at a specific sport or talent or instrument that you may play. When that happens, we become, we kind of put ourselves in a separate category from others, when that is what's consuming us. And certainly what happens when we allow ourselves to be consumed by that is we neglect the inner lives or our inner growth. I want to put things in perspective, though, for you. Because what the disciples had just observed was the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, they had just observed Jesus being transfigured in front of their eyes. Okay? They just saw, witnessed with their own eyes, Jesus shining with glory and Peter tells them, 
Like, we should worship you. Let's build a tabernacle. And he was so taken back that he says, maybe we should build a tabernacle for these other two guys here. Little to the knowledge of the disciples, beyond the inner three, Jesus had been transfigured. However, soon after, Jesus also tells Peter, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first, and go take that money and pay the temple tax. So Peter was to open the mouth of the fish and take that coin inside, and Christ told him he was going to pay it for him and for Christ himself. Now, I was thinking as I was reading through this, I wonder what the disciples, the other disciples were thinking, right? Think about the other nine. How come Peter, James, and John are always selected? Why are they the chosen ones? Peter, why does Peter always get to do the fun stuff like go fishing and get coins out of fish mouth and go pay? Like, why is it always them and not us? Right? I mean, think about this quest, this question, this dispute, this argument over greatness. They're basically saying to Jesus, look at us. What about us? Why them and not us? We want that greatness as well. We want to be recognized as being number one in the kingdom. And really what they were saying, by the way, is Jesus, we know you're about to die. We know you're about to be crucified because you told us you're going to be. Who's going to take your place? Who's, going to, who's next in line after you? And so Jesus does as he always does. He flips the deck on them, flips the table, finds this little boy in their midst, and he says, come, puts him in the midst. And Jesus, we're told, says, Surely I say to you, unless if you become converted as little children you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So Christ uses a little child as a teaching prop. And by the way, the kid has no issues with it. He's not complaining. Jesus has taken him. He's put him in the midst. And what he tells them is that in the world, greatness comes from coming in first and is affirmed by telling others how great they are. But greatness in the kingdom of heaven comes by becoming smaller. It becomes through humility. It comes by pointing back to Christ, not pointing at ourselves. Greatness in the kingdom is exalting what God has done, not what we have done. Greatness in the world points inward, while greatness in the kingdom points upward. Who's going to be the greatest? Jesus tells us that greatness lies in humility and in service. Greatness comes by mirroring Christ's own example of washing the feet of others. Greatness comes through paying attention to the little ones, the ones that are oftentimes ignored, rather than pursuing what the world tells us and who the world tells us are the greatest amongst us. Maybe what we need to do is not seek to be seen and heard. Maybe what we actually need to do this morning is seek to be hidden in Christ. Rather than pointing to ourselves, 
what we need to do is find ourselves immersing ourselves deeper and further into Christ. So what does this mean and how does this look? It's realizing that it's not what you have that makes you great, but by who you have that makes you great. It's not by getting things from God. It's not by getting things from Jesus. It's by having God, by having Christ, by being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's where greatness is. John 17 tells us that we would be in him and him in us, that it would be less about us and more about him. And I assure you that when our hearts come to that place, we'll be less concerned with ourselves constantly showing up and we'll be more deeply concerned with pointing back at God and serving the least and finding those who are the weakest and the smallest amongst us and pouring ourselves out for them. This morning, as we stand and pray, I want to ask you to humble yourself before the Lord. Ask him, Lord, fill me. Become my satisfaction. Become my source of joy. I know oftentimes we come to church, y'all, and we stand here and we ask God, give me this, and I'm praying for this, and I want success with this, and I want, and maybe, just maybe this morning, what we need to do this just stand up and ask the Lord, shepherd our hearts. Make us like that little child who is seated on his lap and who's more joyous than anything else, just being, not receiving something from him, but by being rather with him and really seeking to hide our lives in Christ. All glory be to his name forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.